Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology this fine Monday morning. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above us today. And happy August to everybody. So we also have uh, sort of a time to take a look ahead at August and discover what we might expect during this month ahead. And of course, today is the mighty Mars-Uranus north node conjunction the exact or the perfection of it i used that word in the description of the show this morning because it's really how we speak about it in in both human design and in astrology when a transit comes together in its exactness we say that it perfects right so it's perfected and it's great to see everybody out there. Good to chat with all of you this morning behind the scenes. Tom says, when the moon is in the seventh house, welcome to the fifth dimension. Put your hands together. Let's do it, right? Let's do it. So that is my uh, reason for being here on the planet is to help everybody understand they're already attached to or a part of the fifth dimension. <sighs> I know that for the last several years, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of people, you'll hear them talking about ascension and moving into the fifth dimension. But I want to tell you all that you've already been there. You are already there. A part of you is in is, is alive and well in every dimension, <clears throat> but in particular in this 3D dimensional world that we live in. We all have access to the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension. There's no need to ascend, technically speaking. It is that we recognize and consciously connect to that fifth dimension. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what that is. But first, let me say this morning or yesterday, I actually put out the August uh, Astro Design ebook. So it is free for download. You can get that on Facebook. You can get that from the email that I sent out. Uh, if you go to Facebook, it is on the Living Astrology Facebook page. I think I also put it on the Living Astrology community page. And if you don't know how to get it or you don't know where to get it, send me an email or a text message and let me know that you would like your copy and I will see that you get it. It is filled this month with a lot of information. I'm getting much better at putting the seams together, seeming sewing together, if you will, astrology, human design, gene keys, and all of that to the point where I almost didn't even recognize that that's what I've been doing. And there it is, right? So you have uh, access to uh, to all of that information so you can kind of be ready for what's coming as we go through the month. And this should be a really good month, kind of a pivotal month as we sort of sit between the point in time where this Mars-Uranus conjunction today with the North Node and the time where Mars enters into his retrograde zone and then beginning his retrograde, which is only once every 26 months or so. And we'll talk about that more as the summer wears or as the as we get into the fall, probably. Um, in fact, I was thinking of actually doing a workshop on that in and of itself. Last time I wrote an ebook on it. Maybe I'll do that. Or maybe we'll actually get together and talk about it. Now today, what I really, really, really want to talk about with everybody is well, several things are typical. What's the moon doing? What's the week ahead? But I really want to break down for you where the North Nodes 
and this the north node and the south node are sitting for the next few months as this begins this process of our really enveloping and embracing this new part of ourselves and the funny thing is the south node is sitting at the gate one now started yesterday and the gate one is a gate of purpose or a life purpose we say and when when we're looking at pairs of gates like this the one and the two right the one and the two the first gate in the uh, pair is the one but now it's kind of flipped where the first gate is now the two so in the two we have a certain set of circumstances that are where we are moving towards and then we have the gate one which is now the south node and that is instilled within us certain gifts and certain um, things that we know to be true. And yet we have to move all of that energy from what we've learned, who we thought we were or who we think we are, and move it toward the two, which is now how do I set some powerful intentions to bring that part of myself out into the world more and more and more, right? And to, to release ourselves from the old thinking process of what's my purpose? What am I here to do? Who am I? All of those questions have been answered really, truly, even if you're still wondering, well, what is it that I'm here to do? The real question is, well, what do I want to do, right? What do I want to do? And then choosing to live based on what it is you want to do right? And if you don't know what you want to do, there's your first step. Find out what you want to do, right? Um, so anyway, we're going to get back to more and more of that in just a minute. Uh, let's say good morning to everybody else showing up here. Good morning, Christine Buckingham, Erica Dorsey, K Dorsey, <laughs> Erica Dorsey, Coachella, uh, Lisa Garcia, good morning to you, Pam Zaruba. I'm not sure if I said hello to you, but hello. And Erica, what is she saying here? That my gate one is yellow and is a white line with a black line on the eight. That seems like there is some difficulty. No difficulty whatsoever, Erica. We're not going to put that out there. Debbie tippetts Tumiel, good morning. I hope you're doing well this morning. And if I've missed saying good morning to you, then know that I wish you a good morning as well. And thank you for being here with me this morning. So uh, I want to go back to that uh, comment that uh, of difficulty here with Erica, and I want to also talk about what it is that intention is and what is it not, right? So there's a good question. So in the title of the show this morning, I said purpose runs on intention. It sounds so simple, right? That, that idea that, that if you want to have purpose, then set an intention, right? That's the way that pretty much works. And because it's so very powerfully important right now, we're going to start here this morning, and then I'll go back and talk a little bit more about the moon and all of those different placements. So first, let's look at this north node at the gate two in human design, and also through the gene keys. In the gene keys, what we have is in the highest expression, unity, in the gift expression, we have orientation and the shadow is dislocation. Interesting set of words, I think. And in quantum human design, this gate is called allowing. The gate two in traditional align or traditional human design is called keeper of the keys. So you can kind of see why Karen reworded some of these things because keeper of the keys, I don't know. What does that mean? 
right? I guess in some old days or old times, there was a uh, you know, person who kept the keys to the castle. I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but just know that allowing seems to be the biggest, the best keynote, I'd say, for this particular gate. Now, there are certain themes that go on in this gate, and the North Node is now pushing us toward that direction. And the first keynote, if you will, here would be self-worth and gratitude and faith, authenticity, trust. And this is the most yin gate in human design, which means it is the most receptive, the most allowing, and the most willing to hold space for all of the things that that we want to manifest, right? That that sort of golden flow uh, of energy that brings us everything that we desire. But the lesson here, right? There's a lesson. The North Node here uh, has a lesson of loving ourselves enough to open to that flow of support or that flow of love or that flow of abundance. So it's it's important to understand that sometimes we are cutting off our own source, right? We're cutting ourselves off from source or we're cutting ourselves off from that flow of support. And often that's coming from our thinking processes, right? The two gates, two and gate one, both sit on the identity center, which is the center for love and direction. And I know I've said this a million times, but hopefully you can understand this today that those gates on the identity center act like magnets and they are only one way magnets. They can only attract to you what it is that you seem to be focused on. And if that's random focus, then you're getting random things or random uh, responses from the universe. If that is of a negative slant, then you're getting these negative things. The universe doesn't hear that it's what you don't want. It just hears that you're focused on this and it's a magnet. So what does a magnet do? It attracts. A one-way magnet attracts or repels. But in this case, this attracts to us. Now, if we do this with intention, right? If we have intention behind what we want to create, about what we want to bring to us, what we want to attract to us, then that magnet begins to really bring that flow of abundance, that love, that relationship, that good health to you, right? But if you're not focused on good health, if you're not focused on flow, flowing finances or uh, whatever it is that you desire, if you're focused on what you don't have, then you're getting more of what you don't want instead of more of what you want. It's so, so logical, but we get so confused here, right? So in this case, excellent quote, I'm putting that on my whiteboard. Okay, I don't know what quote you're saying, Erica, but maybe put it up for everybody and then I'll post it on the uh, the, the screen. So allowing yourself more access to the flow or being willing to be in receiving or in receivership, right? Being open to receiving allows that flow to become established. And what you really need to know and understand as we go further into the gate too, is that you have value and worth 
that is intrinsic. There is nothing you need do to deserve to have all your dreams come true. Nothing. You deserve it because you are a human being. You deserve it because you are a creator. You deserve it because you are part of source or God or universe, whatever you want to call it. So deserving value and worth don't necessarily go together. It's intrinsic, right? Intrinsic meaning it comes on board with you being here, right? A lot of times we think we have to go out and do something. We have to pay our our dues before we start to see the benefits of our uh, or the rewards from the work that we're doing. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you don't need to do anything because you do, but it's not based, deserving all of that flow does not, is not based on what you do. Now in the shadow, because we're looking at gene keys here, we're looking at human design here, we can level these things through what's the lesson, what's the shadow, and what's the highest expression. And when we look at the shadow, this is about stress and fear that leads us to compromise what we want, who we are, and what we allow for ourselves in this world, because we simply don't trust that we are supported, right? We never ask for help when we need it. We never even think about, and this is in the shadow, we never even think about, you know, the potential, the possibilities. We get so caught up in the I can't have, or I don't have, or I fill in the blank as far as a negative thing goes. But that stress and that fear are things that are magnets as well. And they bring you more of the things to be stressed out over or fearful of, right? We don't want that, right? That's old, old, old stuff that that leads us into victimness or victimhood. Now, the highest expression, what's the highest expression here? And here's where we get to intention, right? This is where purpose runs on intention. Because in the highest expression, we are setting intentions that move us to fulfill our highest heart's desires that help us fulfill our authentic selves. And then from that, we're trusting that we are completely supported and we live in gratitude, right? Living in gratitude is so important. And in a way, we also have to, by living in gratitude, what we're saying is thank you so much for the gifts I have that help me live my heart's desire, however you want to word that. It's the gratitude part that really energizes more of what you want and gets us away from what you don't want. It's intentional. And here's where we get into the dimensions, because the third dimension where we live, our physical world, the expression of everything that manifests in the physical, right? Our coffee, our water, our lives, our relationships, our work that we do, all of that's in the 3D world because that's where we live. Now from that 3D world, we are also accessing 4D and the fourth dimensional world is the world of the mind, right? It's the world of thinking, it's the world of logic and comparing and contrasting and analyzing and all of that. We've also mastered that fourth dimension, right? We've been, we, we've been in our heads and we still need to be able to think. We still need to be able to access information, but we don't want to get stuck there. 
And that's what I think a good percentage of the world has done. We've gotten so far into info and ideas and uh, information or, or uh, uh, facts and figures that, that we lose sight that we're actually responsible and capable of moving into the fifth dimension, which runs on intention. So what is our intention? What is your intention in everything that you do, every conversation that you're going to have, um, every relationship that you enter into or that you leave, all of that? What is the intention behind what you are doing? Because when we're accessing intention, we are accessing fifth dimension. So here on this planet at this time, we can be in third dimension. We're pretty good at being in the fourth dimension, but we're also accessing the fifth dimension more and more. Now, today is a magic day when you have three planets, Mars, Uranus, and the planet or the North Node all sitting together. We know that that coming together is monumental. It means something, right? And it, it's moving us into a new direction. Now, the that conjunction isn't really, it is happening at the gate two and at the sixth line. So it is a role model line. The sixth line shows the world the path ahead. So when we're looking at this triple conjunction today at the gate two, what we really have is our talking about accessing fifth dimension, are talking about being intentional and how that shows the world, the other folks in the world who get stuck in that fourth dimension, that there's life beyond the 4D, right? That there's life beyond 4D, that from our third dimensional self, we can access all of that realm to be able to bring to our physical world, our 3D, that the things that we love, the things that we want. Right. So we're setting we're learning to set intentions that move us to the fulfillment of who we want to be. Now, when we look at the south node, the south node at the gate one. Now, the gate one is responsible for purpose. When we look at the keynotes there, it is the very most young gate in our human design. It's very action oriented. So it's pushing outward, right? The yin gate two is inward. So we're allowing the inward flow of, of uh, fulfillment. And in the young, we are doing something and it brings us pressure, the pressure there is to fulfill a life purpose, right? And to find our life purpose. And it's a deep quest sometimes for meaning. Why am I here? What am I doing? And it's vulnerable. This is very vulnerable energy because we question, are we doing what I, we came here to do? Are we, am I fulfilling, you know, what I wanted to do? Am I, am I breaking some kind of covenant uh, that I made with my soul or whatever, however you want to word that. And yet it is also a gate that has kind of chained us in some ways to the stressful energy or the unbalanced energy of being erratic in our purposelessness. Uh, or in our search for purpose and becoming panicked or anxious or tense around whether or not we are failing at life. Am I failing in my purpose? Am I failing my life mission? And that pressure to create something that 
that sometimes we feel like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm here to create, right? I don't know. And um, the struggle then to find purpose ensues. So the shadow energy here keeps us feeling like we don't know ourselves or that we are not authentic or that we don't know where we're going, that I need to do more, right? I need to pedal my bike faster, if you will. And yet in the lesson here, we're discovering our personal, meaningful, world-changing, perhaps, narrative. And the narrative that aligns with what our own personal sense of purpose is. So your purpose isn't like written on some stone somewhere or isn't written in any kind of book of life necessarily. Your true purpose is to follow the gifts that you have to, and to put them outward into the world doing whatever it is that you want to do, whatever feels good to you, whatever makes you happy or feel like you're making a contribution. These gates on this identity center really thrive, if you will, when we're following our hearts, when we're doing what we love. So purpose, right, runs on intention. So the gate two now in the service of our purpose. Now you have a gift here, right? The South Node holds the gift. So the gift is that we do know that we have a purpose on the planet. And it's not necessarily what we all think it is. Your purpose isn't to be a carpenter. Your purpose isn't to be a singer. Your purpose isn't to be a, you know, whatever, whatever, fill in the blank, right? A secretary, a doctor, a lawyer. That's what you do in the fulfillment of your purpose, <laughs> which is to go out and do what you love, right? So someone who loves to talk or someone who loves to uh, argue might find the fulfillment of that desire or that intention by being a lawyer or an attorney, right? Someone who loves to restore people to health might find that fulfillment in any number of ways. But it's not that your purpose then is to be a doctor or a nurse or a healer. Your purpose is to get more and more of that feeling that occurs when you restore someone to health, when you help someone be healthy. Is all of this making sense to everyone, right? I want to hear your comments and thoughts about this. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Pauline. It's good to see you. Um, Kathy Miller, good morning to you. Pauline says, hope I'm able to see the live comments. Yes, we are seeing you. We are seeing your comments, Pauline. So everybody can see them. I'm not sure if you're seeing everybody else's. Maybe that's in order to participate in and see the comments. I think you have to be logged into YouTube, either through your Gmail or whatever, some your email, somehow get connected that way. Christine Buckingham. Yes, it makes sense. JLo, 100%, by the way. Good morning, JLo. Uh, Tom, my purpose is a dolphin. I love it. Casildra, good morning to you. Brenda Gagnon, good morning to you. Great to see you two ladies out here. And Tom, of course, it's always good to see you. You always add some laughing energy to our morning. Somehow I can't envision you as a dolphin, but I can see you playing with the dolphins, right? If, if that makes sense. So, all right, let's go back to our gate one. I'm glad you're getting this because this is so, so important in the context of the of the transits that we're experiencing. So in other words, we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for a life purpose because it's not out there. 
it's not out there. It's not even on your human design chart, which I don't have in front of me. Um, it's not, it, your purpose necessarily isn't in your astrology, but everything that makes up your character, that makes up who you are at soul level, the traits are there. And then you apply those traits, those skills, those gifts to whatever it is that makes you happy and you do it with intention, right? Intention. Intention is kind of like being in tending, right? In tending. So I'm tending, I'm taking care of something on the internal so that I can and manifest it outward in the external, right? Look at it like that. So what do I have to do in the internal as far as alignment is concerned? right? That is going to present me with the opportunities in the outer world to fulfill my purpose and my intention. All right. That was a good one. I should have written that one down. Uh, so what inside of you, what traits, what gifts do you have that you can apply? Like if you're someone who has a lot of gifts for being compassionate and loving and uh, affectionate, that maybe you're applying those gifts into building relationships, right? Because that makes you feel good. But you might also use those gifts of love and compassion and affection to building a customer relationship with whatever it is that you love to sell or whatever you love to do for people. There isn't any one way to express it. That's the key, right? There are 7 billion of us or so on this planet, and we can express those intentions in 7 billion plus ways. But it's always based on what is your intention? You were never the victim. And here again, what we're leaving in this unbalanced expression of the gate one in the south node is our being victimized or being the victim or somehow feeling like we got skipped in line, right? That we didn't, we didn't pick up what our purpose was supposed to be so that we're floundering in this lifetime. That's a belief, people. That is just a belief. It isn't true. It's true you may feel like you're floundering. It's true that you may feel like I don't know what to do. But the truth, the real truth, the capital T truth is the moment you choose, then a process begins of bringing you what you desire. Now, if you're choosing to believe that you're not worthy or you're choosing to believe that um, you never get what you want, those kinds of things, then what are you breeding? more of not getting what you want, right? More of uh, being confused or more of the lack. Instead, you have to be able to reframe everything that you are saying and thinking to align yourself with that um, identity center or that gate of allowing. It seems like, this is just so easy. It really is. It's getting easier. I think this is something we've, you know, we've just tried to make too difficult and we just don't need to have it difficult, right? Self-worth. You are worthy to receive and have everything you want based on your intention setting. Gratitude. Thank you so much universe for bringing me my heart's desire. Faith. I have faith that everything is working to my advantage, to my benefit in service of my soul. Authenticity. I'm living my truth. 
And my truth can be completely different from anybody else's truth. I'm trusting in a higher power. I'm trusting in the identity center, my heart center that acts as a directional finder for the right things, right experiences, right people for me. Okay. Now I saw a question here. Uh, I got to go back maybe. Okay, Christine, it was. Does an open identity centered person seem to question purpose more than a defined centered, centered person? You know, maybe the, it's not that they do that more, but they do it in a different way. So, for example, an open identity center. So if you have that diamond in the center of your human design chart and it's white, then it's open which means that you have a more fluid sense of self and that's going to be driven by who you are around, right? So the family, the, the coworkers, the, the friends, the, the people that you hang out with, right? So you're going to readily identify with those kind, with the people that are around you instead of knowing your own self, which gives you a lot of wisdom about who people are, about what people are thinking or about what people need. So the wisdom in the open identity center is to understand that sometimes you might be thinking about things that are really being influenced by the people around you and not your own truth. So sometimes you need to get away from it all away from other people so that you can see yourself more clearly versus a defined identity self or person who knows who they are, but they kind of get into, you can, because it's defined, you're broadcasting in consistency, right? So consistency. So if you've gotten into a consistent habit of believing certain things about yourself, then it's really difficult to change or break that pattern, right? So you have to be able to see yourself clearly and elevate the expression because every one of the gates on the identity center comes through either the gift, the Siddhi or the shadow, right? So we can look at it in the hologram or the holographic nature of those gates. So we can see ourselves um, in multi dimensions as you are a multi-dimensional being, right? So it's not, you know, that it's more difficult or that they question more. It's that each way of definition or open or definition has a different way of seeing themselves. So I hope that answers your question, Christine. Um, Hi, Sildra says, I'm going to have to watch the replay. I think everybody should watch this one over and over again. And Tom says, there are as many versions of God or creator as there are people on earth. Exactly, exactly. Erica says, being a stellium Scorpio, I am dealing with victimhood so much since the South Node moved into Scorpio. And yes, I need to change my inner voice to align myself to the gate of allowing. It's not that you need to, it's that you want to. I desire to, right? Need feels difficult. It feels somehow clingy or like I don't have everything I need, right? What you want to do is elevate your thinking, right? The South Node moving through Scorpio is really giving us access to those places where we have been victims or where we have given away our power. And the South Node isn't a bad place, right? It's, it's triggers. It's triggering us all to release the old baggage, to let go of the old tapes running in your subconscious mind. But we won't be able to re release those tapes until we have something to replace it with, 
right? So have a replacement. Instead of saying, I never get what I desire, I never get what I want, it is, and don't listen to Mick Jagger because you, you can always get what you want. You can, right? It's not, I don't always get what I want, but I do always get what I'm focused on. So if I'm focused on what I don't want, I get more of what I don't want. But if I'm focused on what I do want, then I get more of what I want. Now, do you think this happens overnight? I wish it did, but it doesn't. And actually, we're kind of lucky that it doesn't happen that fast. It gives us a chance to clarify. It gives us a chance to be open-hearted and to, to see that the universe can contrive to bring us what we want in umpteen million different ways and in divine right timing. Because sometimes the things that we want need some time for all of the pieces on the chessboard to get aligned, the right people, the right circumstances, the right timing, the right opportunity, right? So we have to understand that time lag is really our friend. But what we cannot do and what we don't definitely don't want to do is to lose sight of what we wanted in the first place, right? Just because we don't see it happening yet, don't give up on yourself. There's this little lag right? But you'll begin to see if you keep focused on the what you desire and what you want and what you're focused on intentionally, you'll begin to see the results, right? You begin to receive the results and then you become more grateful, right? You become more grateful. I'm seeing the results and it starts to, to start a snowball effect, of, if you will, moving us in that new direction as opposed to holding us to the old direction, right? Love, love, love. Oh, Janet, thanks for just giving me a sign from my dad. He used to jokingly sing that Rolling Stones song to me. I love it. I love it. And that's, you know, how we get to be who we are, right? Uh, Erica, gosh, my therapist talks about changing the mindset of need versus desire. You're welcome, Erica. So this is, this is so near and dear to my heart because I've been where you are. I still am where you are, right? I can still get myself focused on the wrong things, the wrong energies, and I can get myself caught up in that spiral of negativity. And it happens. And I know it's happening to you because I hear from you, so, not all of you, but I hear from you at times about this, because this is what we're learning. We're becoming more conscious as co-creators of our reality. So we're going to fail miserably sometimes at this, and we're going to have to look at it and laugh at ourselves for the fact that we fell into victimhood once more. And we're going to have to pick ourselves up by our little bootstraps, and we're going to have to say, okay, but from today on, I choose something new. I choose a new mindset. I choose to speak differently, right? I choose to speak of in an empowerment sort of way. I choose to watch my words and my thoughts and keep them aligned with my heart's desires. These are all things that we can do. Some days are going to be better than others, right? But what we don't want to do is give away our power in thinking that we are always getting shot down by the universe or we are getting disrupted or that, you know, we somehow don't ever get where we want to go because we're responsible for that. Response-able, right? We are response-able. So, that's a long way of talking about the 
Uranus Mars North Node conjunction, but it's so important for us to understand what we are opening up to. Now, Mars today leaves that gate. The nodes have just moved into that gate. Uranus will leave that gate later this month. So Mars and Uranus are moving out of two, allowing, because this is a lesson, We, the, nodes, the North Node is going to keep us on toes for that. And they're going to be moving on into gate 23. And the gate 23 is where the North Node sat just for the last three or four months. So now we have the two very action-oriented planets moving to the gate 23, which is going to be on the throat center. And in, in uh, human design, sometimes we call that the gate of transmission. I think that's the quantum human design term. Um, in the uh, traditional way, it was called the gate of assimilation. And it's really a gate where we simplify, where we express our genius, right? And our genius, because you're all geniuses, right? You're all genius. Genius is defined as what it is that's unique to you, what it is that you do best. What is it that you do? What is it that you can, can do that no one else can do in the way that you can do it, right? Which is literally almost anything. So that will be an interesting change and will be bringing us some more insights along the way. And it's on the throat center. So it's also about what we're manifesting, <laughs> how we're speaking and all of that. All right. So that's coming uh, tomorrow with Mars on August 14th with Uranus. And we've already had the, the setup to that from the North Node. Uh, being there for the previous three months or so. All right. So we did talk about that before. All right. So uh, any questions, anything that you are confused about, uh, go ahead and post them in the comments because now I want to go into where's the sun and the earth this week in terms of human design. And by the way, the new human design week starts today and as well. So we have the new human design week, at the same time, we have this Mars-Uranus North Node conjunction. So it's interesting that the sun at this time goes into the gate 33, which is a gate on the throat center called retelling in quantum human design. In the um, traditional human design, this gate was called the prodigal. And I never did understand how the prodigal fit this particular energy. So I really like the name retelling. And this is a gate where the sun's focus is about telling old stories ad nauseum or new expansive stories. So think about the things that you tell people about yourself, about who you are, about your experiences. And it's not that we don't want to talk about our experiences, right? It's not that at all, but we want to, in the retelling of an experience, we want to create a new story of empowerment that really reflects your true worth, right? Yes, I've been through tragedy. Yes, I've been through this or that or whatever. And it seemed desperate at the time or it seemed horrible at the time. But here's what I learned from that. Here's what you can learn from my experience doing this. And you know, we're all storytellers, right? The gate 33 is there for everybody. So we're all storytellers. 
But what is the story that you're telling? How do you tell the story that you're telling? That's what the sun will be bringing us to. Now, we could tell the story and stay stuck in victimhood, right? We can stay stuck in that shadow of this gate, which is truly about continually speaking in terms of victimness, continually speaking in words and thinking as well, because the thinking begins the process, the mouth, the throat brings it up and starts to say it. And the moment that we bring words to those kinds of disempowering thoughts, we begin the creative process of making it so, making it there, making it real. So in the this week, then we're learning to translate our personal stories and experiences in a way that can teach or guide or uplift others, right? Not that makes other people feel sorry for us or not in a way that brings us down, but also others down. That's what we want to be really aware of. How are we using our words, right? How are we retelling our experiences? So you can retell an experience of pain or loss or, you know, suffering in more positive terms. It doesn't say that you didn't experience these things because you did, but this is how it impacted my life. And this is what I learned from this experience. And it helped me maybe through comparison and contrast, which is very useful, by the way, to see clearly about what I want and what I don't want versus what I don't want. Okay. So now the earth, and we all know the earth kind of brings up the challenge, right? The, the relationship between the sun and the earth and human design is about a path of evolution. So the evolution from what do we have to, to do here on the earth, if you will, or in our own personal lives in order to get to the highest energy of the sun, to get to that light, right? So the light of the sun here is about translating our personal stories and experiences in a way that teaches or guides people in an uplifting way, right? But the earth um, brings us the gate of sensitivity. This is a gate called attunement. I actually, oh no. I just realized I just boffed an attunement I was supposed to be doing. Now I have to do what I keep telling you guys not to do, which is to have to restart your seven or five day process or 21 day process all over again. Well, good thing I realized that this morning. Uh, so back to earth at the gate 19, which is a gate that wants connection to all beings or sees its connection to all beings, animals, plants, children, grown-ups, people in general, to the earth in general, to the galax galaxies or to the stars, right? That we're all one, that everything is all one. It's a highly sensitive gate. It sits on the root center. So there's pressure involved, right? The pressure to go out. And that pressure is to go out and find your family, your community, your friends, your networks, your, the, your people, right? To find your like-minded people. So the pressure is to lead you outward, but it can in the shadow cause you to compromise yourself in order to fit in with others, right? Rather than you being your own true authentic self and bringing others up to your level, instead you bring yourself down to their level. And that's the, that's the evolutionary uh, impulse here is not to take your energy and frequency down, but instead to keep your vibration high and bring, allow other people to come up to your vibration. So we have to watch out 
this week for martyring ourselves to others' needs, others' desires, or others' wants, right? Because that it isn't your job. It is never your job to help fulfill someone else's dreams, wants, or desires. You can be a factor in helping them to get there themselves, or inadvertently, you might supply something, right? A piece of wisdom, um, maybe uh, something more tangible that gets them there, but it isn't your job to do that for them, okay? And it's not your job to make others feel like they are getting what they want through you. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Now, the lowest expression here is feeling disconnected, uh, separate, emotionally clingy or needy. So we want to be emotionally present and we want to create from our hearts, our heart-to-heart -heart connection with others to experience the highest expression of this energy that leads us to how we connected with one another and the telling of the story, right? It's like, you know, human beings used to sit around the fire at night and we would talk about all the experiences of the day and the wise person in the tribe, maybe it was the chief or maybe it was the shaman would put it into perspective for us. We don't do that anymore. We don't have that access in the same way to the stories, right? That we can change. So in other words, the stories may not be so obvious to you, right? You have to really listen and you have to hear what it is that you're saying or what other people are saying. And you have to really be sensitive to your emotional field and how it is that you're attempting to get what you want from the world, but also be aware of what other people are wanting you to do to get them to where they want to be in the world. So it's kind of a dual sword here this week. But we can do this, right? We can do this because the 19 is super sensitive. It attunes to the energy of connection. What brings it more fulfillment is more connection, heart-to-heart -heart kinds of connections that are built in mutual responsibility, right? Where I'm being responsible for me you're being responsible for you. We're sharing our experiences of becoming more and more uh, authentic and claiming more of our genius and our authority. And we uplift one another through that kind of story, right? And it doesn't mean that you don't have a bad day or that you get sometimes caught up in that sad sob story. We do it, right? We do it. But what were you thinking that brought you to that sad sob story and change those thoughts? Then that allows the heart to see things differently or to sense things differently. And then it even impacts the throat center because then we can start to speak differently about the thing that we're experiencing. So mucho importante in uh, the, the grand scheme of things, right? It's funny because I just there's just like this grand design of going on in the background timing wise for Uranus conjunct North Node conjunct Mars and this week being the sun at 33 and the earth at 19 it just feels like we're really because you know 33 connects to the identity center via the 13 and the 19 connects to the solar plexus which is in the process of an evolutionary change so it just feels like all of this is just happening in divine right timing in perfect ways. 
perfectly expressed, if you will. All right. Good morning, Natasha. Kathleen Mallory, good to see you out there too. Um, you said, don't be a martyr as I was talking to a friend who I was doing that exact thing. <laughs> I love it. This must be a really good morning for you, Erica, to be tuned in because <laughs> you're really getting some stuff out of this one this morning. Natasha, it is interesting how the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, the book by Don Miguel Ru Ruiz has been coming into my life as I'm visiting my friend. Be impeccable with our words to bring in our greater life. Indeed, he was wise beyond his years, wasn't he? Let's take a look at the week, the rest of the week, right? So Monday, of course, today we have this banner day, right? The big news, the Mars-Uranus-North Node conjunction, the beginning of a new human design week. And does that mean that something earth-shattering is going to happen to you today? Maybe. Are you ready for something earth-shattering? Are you ready for something that is an awakening? And maybe we should think something differently about those words, earth-shattering, right? Do I really want the earth to shatter and break up and blow up? No. But I would like to have an earth-awakening event, right? Or an earth-awakening, an, earth, uh, an earthly, uh, I don't know. We can think of all kinds of different words, but an earth-awakening maybe rather than a shattering. Uh, but sometimes in the awakening, a shattering can happen, right? We have to release the old ways. The old has to pass away in order for the new to actually take place. But we can frame it differently. That's what I mean by that. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Venus ends up in a sextile, a kind of giving and receiving energy between herself and Mars and Uranus. So they happen like sequentially because Mars and Uranus will have separated a bit. But Venus getting into the act really is about aligning us to what we really value, what we really love, right? She's bringing us some very keen energy. Is she still sitting? Where's Venus sitting these days? She's sitting still in the sign of cancer. So what are we focused on that's bringing nurturing and loving and you know, building more of a solid foundation for our hearts and our relationships and our values and our money, right? So protection in some way. Uh, so in a sextile to Mars and Uranus's new awarenesses, she might change her response to what she values, to the economy, to whatever. We may hear some more, you know, about the economics of the world, because these are bigger energies. It's possible it's going to be out there in the world. It's also possible in our personal lives that we may realign ourselves in some way with, with higher values, right? We're all in this process of settling into a new way of living, which is based on the fifth dimensional setting of intentions, right? August 3rd, Wednesday, Mercury moves into Virgo, a sign that he rules. And, well, is this going to be so much more focus on our thoughts, right? Virgo is an intellectual sign. So maybe it gives us more access to how we're speaking and how we're thinking and what we're thinking about. So make sure we don't get it. When I think of Virgo energy, the first word that comes to me usually is healing, because Virgo is a healing sign. It's the it's healing energy. It rules the sixth house of health in the uh, astrology chart. So maybe what we can use this energy for 
Mercury moving into Virgo is about healing our minds and healing our communication, how we're speaking, how we're thinking, what we're thinking about, and how we're thinking about what we're thinking about, right? August 4th and 5th, no big deals going on out there in the world of astrology or human design. On Saturday, August 6th, we have the new Human Design Week taking us more into uh, some of the energies of the Identity Center with the Gate 7, the Gate of Leadership, but supportive leadership, support behind the leader, and the Gate 13, which connects with the Gate 33 that we are talking about this week with the Sun, but the Sun moves into the Gate, or the Earth moves into the Gate 13. Uh, that really is about... Um, are we aligned using our compass with what it is that we truly want to create or manifest? We'll talk more about that on Friday when we meet. And then on Sunday, we have kind of a day of a lot of stuff going on. Venus in a trine to Neptune. That one's probably a pretty easy one. It brings our ideas of love and the idea of Neptune love, which is higher unconditional love together, right? In a trine, flowing, if you will. The more cranky aspect on Sunday is going to be Mars in a square to Saturn. Remember, squares can sometimes be tension, fill us with tension. We can feel a little anxious about it. Mars squaring Saturn at the same time Uranus is building to a square with Saturn, right? Again, the last iteration of that can really lead us to realign ourselves, letting go of the old and bringing in the new, but we might feel a little bit of tension around doing that. You know, Mars at this point is um, still in the sign of Taurus, but he's headed for Gemini, and that is a place he will spend quite a bit of time at for the uh, late summer and the fall and the winter this year. So fall and winter in particular, or for the Northern hemisphere, um, that would be what summer and yeah, whatever <laughs> down below. I gotta get my upside down thinking here. So remember that Saturn is in Aquarius and Aquarius is a sign that he co-rules with Uranus. So we have that Mars-Uranus conjunction today still echoing changes and uh, opportunities as we move through the week when Mars comes into that square with Saturn. And Uranus will ultimately come into that square with Saturn in October, but they're never far from one another, right? They're not that far from one another, like literally four degrees, maybe three degrees. So they're still affecting each other affecting change and rebellion and revolution, a consciousness revolution on the planet. So that happens later in the week. Uh, so now, what is the time? We have five minutes. Let's look quickly at the moon for the week for today. Right now, the moon is in Virgo, one of my favorite places, <laughs> because my own moon is in Virgo. Um, moon in Virgo, but it moves into the void at 3.29 p.m. West Coast time today and is in the void until 9.06 p.m. my time, West Coast time. And that will be when he, she moves into Libra. So for the last part of the day, all across the, the, the time zones here in the U.S., even in Europe, this is happening later in the day or overnight even for those of you in uh, Europe. So 
not something that we have to worry about. The moon isn't wandering so much. Although on the West Coast and maybe even in the mountain time zones, the end of the day may be hard to finish things, right? It might be hard to get things uh, really pushed out there. Just know that and be okay with that. There's always tomorrow. Tomorrow, the moon will be in Libra tonight, literally in Libra. Libra's light is all about relationships and our interpersonal skills, how we, how we can converse with one another and as well as things like fairness and balance, harmony. Those are things that we are in light with in Libra. Uh, Libra has the artistry, the connection to beauty, um, kindness and graciousness, but also tact and diplomacy and mediator skills, right? So we can be the voice of balance in our lives or in other people's lives by helping people stay in balance, to stay in a state of fairness and equity or equanimity. The shadow has boundary issues, possibly codependency issues. The who I am in the shadow of Libra gets blurred because I'm trying to be something I'm not at in the shadow, right? I'm trying to be someone else. I'm trying to do things the way I think that other people want me to do them. And I lose sight of my own authenticity. There's an indecisiveness in the Libra shadow energy. It can be manip manipulative and it can also be very good at procrastination, putting off until tomorrow what I do not want to do today. And of course, those are all the shadow energies. Now, before I leave today, I want to give us a card reading. Um, I'm going to bring us some Pleiadian wisdom today. And I, where did my animals go? There they are. These can be our guides for the week. So giving us the energy for the week. Um, does anybody know when the north and south nodes change a begin again? Yes, I can tell you that, uh, Erica. Um, let's see. I think it's actually going to be November 27th. That'll be an interesting move, too. <laughs> They'll move into the, the north node will move into the gate 24, and the south node will move into the gate 44. The 44 has a fear of the past. And it is a gate of recognizing patterns. The 24 and 44 bring us into focus with blessings and forgiveness energy and so forth. So, but that's not until November. So we have a lot of time right now to live through two and one. <laughs> Don't get too far ahead. Uh, Barbara, staying in your integrity. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thanks, Barbara. It's good to see you. And here we go. Our card from the Pleiadians is this nature earth card number two, <laughs> two, right to the gate two. We've been talking about that. Walk outside in nature, putting your feet firmly on the ground to connect with the earth that supports you. It's a beautiful card, right? So when you're getting upset, tense, anxious, get outside, put your feet on the ground and feel the connection to our mother earth. So now I've got to figure out where is that in here Two. there we go. So here's what it says. Notice how the earth supports you. The soil of earth provides a support and foundation for living things to grow, including you. The energy you express through your thoughts, feelings, and actions also affects earth directly. You are an electromagnetic being who sends an energetic charge into the atmosphere through every single thought, 
word and deed you express. You have forgotten the importance of nature in your life by focusing too much on technology rather than aligning yourself with nature, thereby creating an imbalance that causes separation and dis-ease in your life. The Pleiadians relate the element of earth to the cosmic energy of compassion. Be compassionate with yourself and others as you make appropriate choices that bring you back into harmony. You need to bring compassion into everything you do here on earth as you find your way back into the balance that nature offers. Advanced use, this is universal energy two, which is duality. Recognize that there are always two perspectives and seek to harmonize them using compassion. Find the balance in your life between nature and technology. Remember that you are part of the earth. Lovely card, perfectly stating what we talked about today, as well as the moon's movement into Libra. So I think it's perfect. All right, there's that one. Let's get an animal card to help us as well. Is that this year, Erica says? Yes, November of this year. The nodes, I think, is that what you're saying? The nodes stay between three and four months, three, three and a half months in a sign or in a gate. And Tom, you'll love this. We've got dolphin spirit. <laughs> now, dolphin came out upside down, but dolphin spirit is our card. And he says, this and that are true. This and that are true. I love that card. It's beautiful. Let's see what this means. Card number 20. Again, a two. A higher order two. We can't make this up, guys. I'm telling you. We have some divine guidance going on here. So the gate 20. I mean, <laughs> card 20. Dolphin. And it was in protection, which means it was upside down. And here's what it says for protection. When you most want to be acknowledged as right, in quotes, and see other ways as wrong, in quotes, dolphin spirit appears as a reminder that the story of your suffering and righteousness is a little more complicated than you are admitting right now. Do you want to see things in black and white and be rigid in your idea of what's correct and what is not? That, that sentence right there is speaking the words of Saturn, I think. And uh, I want to check something really quick. Is Saturn still at 49? Yes. 49 can be the gate of black and white thinking. So we do you want to see things in black and white? Or in to be rigid in your ideas of what's correct and what is not? Release your rigidity and embrace the fluidity of life as you recognize the grays that remind you there are two sides to every story and upside down to each down and upside to each downside and a blessing in every challenge. What you think is wrong may end up being right for you. So let dolphin spirit soften your heart so that you make the best decision at this time, playing with the possibilities that present themselves. Dolphin. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. That is it for me this morning. Let's see what's up this week on uh, Wednesday evening, my evening, 5 p.m. So 8 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, I will be on Angel Heart Radio and we're going to talk about the aspects and transits and ingresses of the planets for the month of August. So if you want to tune into that, that is available on the Angel uh, Heart Radio um, 
Facebook page. We broadcast live to that page. And I will see you on Friday morning for the show. All right. That's it for me. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.